amazing thing with, with it. We're asking you to amaze us what you can do with what we give you and what you can do through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, give her a clap. She did that really well. That was really good. Can I have some lights, please? Thanks. Um, yeah, that's great. Can, can I just say that we, we don't have an AGM and votes and stuff. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> but we do want to be transparent. We want to share these things. So that's why you've had that this morning. We don't do that every week. But you are family, and we want to just share it with you this morning. And um, what we give, isn't it amazing? It has a, a huge effect. It really does. So, you know, water was t- turned into wine. Money can be turned into people coming to Jesus. It's true. It's really true. The other thing I wrote down was that vision will always outstrip resources. Because that's the way God works. And uh, our son Andrew's at Audacious Church in Manchester. We've got about three or 4,000 people there. Oh, it's easy for them then. They've got all that money coming in. They've got Manchester United and City football players going to their church. Wouldn't mind a bit of that, would you? Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd we sort it, wouldn't it? But the thing is this, that they're always skint as well because what they're doing is a bit bigger scale than what we're doing. But the thing is this, we don't get resources in to sit on and feel comfortable with. We get it to use and to invest in the kingdom. So isn't it exciting? Great. I'm going to ask young Wesley, young Pastor Wesley, to come and speak to us right now. So let's stand, shall we, because you've been sitting a long time. And let's just stretch our hands out to Wes as we hand over to him now. Father, thank you for Wes. We thank you for your call and your hand upon his life. And we ask you this morning now, as he just shares with us, that you will anoint his words that you, Lord, will just speak by your spirit through him and open our ears to hear what you want to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good man. Stay on your feet quickly for one second. Um, morning, everyone. It is, it is still morning, yep. Um, can you all just turn around to each other and say one nice complimentary thing about someone you're sitting next to? A genuine, not like your hair's nice, but like something really nice. Do you know what I mean? Go for it. Okay. Okay, bring it in. You're a great pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Well, stay standing, stay standing. Stay standing. Now, can we just go around the room now and then you all just say one complimentary thing about me as well? That'll be good. Can we do that? And then we can pray and we can go home after that. I'm joking, sit down. So you stood up so enthusiastically as well. Like, whoa! And then, <laughs> yes. Um, that was fun, wasn't it? Do you all feel encouraged? There's nothing to do what I'm talking about, just wanted to... Wake everyone up to make sure. It's good to wake up every now and then. Because, like, you know, when you're sitting down for a long period of time and comfortable, like Dragon looks very comfortable over there. Every now and then, 
every now and then just, just you know, shifting your seating position, standing up, it re-engages your brain, reactivates it, you can listen a bit longer. Because I'm going to talk for about an hour and a half, hour 45 today, so need to keep it switched on. That was a joke, that was sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. In hindsight, I probably should have spoke about generosity or, you know, like faith or something like that. But we're talking about forgiveness there. I felt that's what God was leading me to speak on. Um, Sam uh, led a session at our life group on Wednesday about forgiveness. And he told me when he was preparing for it, that's what he was talking about. And God has been speaking to me all week um, about forgiveness. And before I jump into it, I just want to preface it saying I have no real experience myself with like forgiving things that are really difficult I've like you know little things and like arguments when Asha says something mean to me I have to forgive her <laughs> do you know what I mean and then receiving more forgiveness when I say mean things to her like but I've got no like you know I've not had anything really traumatic or you know terrible happen in my life so I want to say that's when you're sitting there looking at me like what does he know about forgiveness I know what the bible says about forgiveness that's it so I'm standing on that rather than standing on experience so it's, like, it's, it's shakier ground for me. Normally it's easier speaking off experience because you'd be like, I've been there, done that, and bought the T-shirt. But if that's what I'm limited to, then I'm, I can only talk about five things in life or whatever. So just wanted to say that. Um, so I'm gonna look, we want to look at a verse that I've always found challenging in the Bible and I've always kind of read past it really quickly because it may be uncomfortable. And you know when it's in, like, you know in the Bible and when something's in red and Jesus wrote it, or Jesus is saying it, you're like, oh, I can't even blame it that it was like Paul saying something stupid, or like Luke, you can't like try and work out of it, it's like Jesus is saying it, so you best listen to what Jesus is saying, because he's like the CEO, do you know what I mean, he's got the, he's the main, he's the main, well, the Trinity, but they're the main, the main ones. So this is what, something Jesus said, in Matthew 6, 14 to 15, um, Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Good, amen, that's good. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. It's not so great. So if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. And that's like, in this Bible passage, Jesus is saying loads of like life-changing things that are really challenging. He goes through them and is like, be humble, don't do this, do this, be this way, don't be that way forgive people or you're not going to get forgiven for your sins and then carries on he just says it and carries on like nothing else happened and he just like there's no expansion on it it's like what does that mean though does it mean if I don't forgive this you know what what are you saying in this thing so it just kind of breezes over it so whenever I've read it I also breeze over this thing because it's always just so challenging it's like so I have to forgive everyone for what they do to me or whatever um and it's challenging so um I was like this is what God was speaking to me about this week. Um, and I found a um, parable that Jesus talks about because um, a parable is like a, if you don't know, is like a short story or a simple story that, used, that Jesus used to illustrate his points so it was more clear and easy to understand. And there's a parable I want to read to you. Um, and it's from Matthew again, 18, um, 21 to 35. I'm reading from the NLT if you want to read along. This is the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Um, It says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied. So again, this is all in red. So Jesus said this, right? So she said, no, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. 
Therefore, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, sorry, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. And that translates to like 10,000 something or others and like uh, 87 metric tons of, of valuable material um, back in the day. Uh, he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went... Sorry, I pressed the button and I've lost my thing. And he released him and forgave his debts. But when the man left the king, so the man who was forgiven for not being able to pay his debt, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. In the Bible, it talks about 100 drachmae, which is a day's labor for that, someone of that sort of level, that, that sort of time. Um, and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They, um, they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called, called in, in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you and you... Tr- gave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. You all encouraged? (laughs) Um, Again, that was Jesus said that. So uh, it's not my experience. It's Jesus saying it. And... The Bible is just so clear on this topic. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, it's not, um, it's not gray area. It's not even black and white. It's red letters. It's like, it's definitive. God's saying we need to be forgiving people in our life. And he's saying in this example, it's like if I, I've forgiven you for the massive debt in your life, like the whole debt that you, you've got. When I died on the cross, I forgave you for all those things. And I expect you to forgive your brothers and sisters and people on this earth. Like I forgave you. That's what, that's what that parable is about. It's about a man who owed a massive debt, millions and millions, and yet he would still challenge and put to prison someone who owed him thousands, even though he'd be, been forgiven. And I think that like we so often in church stand on that promise of grace, don't we, and forgiveness, and we're like, I'm free, I'm forgiven. God died for my sins. He nailed my sins on that cross. I'm no longer set to condemnation from sin, and I stand a free person. And we worship God on Sunday, and we say, God, thank you for the freedom you've given me. Thank you for this. And we have good things in our life, and sometimes we say, God, thank you for these blessings. Thank you for this. But then we forget or refuse, then transfer that grace and mercy that God has showed us to people around us, people we know, family, friends, and it says in the Bible, brothers and sisters of God. Like we don't show that on to the next person. It's almost a contradiction a little bit because we're standing there saying, thank you for freeing me, but I ain't going to show it to the other people who've done this thing to me. And I think that's what, you know, in these Bible verses, that's what he's talking about, saying like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you, I forgave you. And how dare you not forgive another child of mine? I forgave you for all this stuff. 
for the millions and millions of dollars. Your debt was huge. Your debt was unpayable. You couldn't pay me back even if you tried. And people tried back in the Old Testament. They tried but could not pay that debt. They couldn't pay the debt. And yet, we don't, pay, we don't let other people off off the hook because they just something mean to me. Or that's, and it's sometimes it's, like, it's not trivial sometimes. Sometimes it's deep stuff. Like I'm, I'm aware, like sometimes people might have things from people who are alive or people who have passed away. People might have things like or things done to them that were just so life-changing and traumatic, it's altered the course of your life for the past 30, 40, 50 years, whatever. There's sometimes the pain in our life that requires forgiveness is huge and serious and real, but God's saying it's not as big as the debt that I paid for you. So I'm saying that well, the Bible says that forgiveness is important, but it also recognizes that forgiveness is not easy. I don't think the king wiping his debt free to the guy who couldn't, who couldn't pay back money was easy. Like he was prepared to sell him and his family to slavery. It was pretty dramatic, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's obviously a big deal and it's a lot of money. So, I mean, I looked at some commentaries around forgiveness and tried doing some research into context, etc., to make sure that I'm on the straight and narrow and not just like reading things from Instagram, like little inspirational things that say, God forgives you and it's okay, that kind of stuff. I'm just want to make sure I was speaking on the right thing and I was theologically sound. And there's some really cool stuff that I found and they worded it really well. So I'm going to read it verbatim, what they wrote in some of these bits. So the fact that you forgive someone does not condone what they have done, nor does it mean, <clears throat> nor does it by any means make it right. So the fact that you forgive someone does not condone it, or mean what that person has done is right. So, okay, I'll carry on to the next bit. And nor is trust, trust is not implicit in forgiveness, nor is forgetting obligatory. So like, just because we forgive, we forgive someone doesn't mean we then trust them immediately for the thing they've done. It's about forgiving in your hearts, not forgiving in your hearts, and then trusting them not to do the same thing straight afterwards. I don't think if the king had forgiven the man who couldn't pay his debt, stopped pleading and went, oh, sorry, but that was really, really scared you're going to kill me then or something, and then, um, and then said, oh, can I have another thousand pounds? The king's not going to go, yeah, sure, have some more money, because he knows the man's not going to be able to pay him back. So he forgave him and wiped the debt, but he's not then going to lend him more money to get into more debt with him, because that doesn't make sense. And we actually spoke about a life group about the forgiving and forget thing on Wednesday. And it's always conflicted me. Forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. And Mark said, I looked, and it's not, it's not a biblical principle. Forgiving and forgetting is not a, not a biblical principle. And it's actually a conflicting phrase that we use in the UK sometimes. Because when it's put into practical use, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like if you're forgiving someone who's hurting you repeatedly, and you're trying to forgive and forget, you not forgetting that thing they're doing is just repeating the process it could be physical domestic violence it could be something else something that's really serious and if we're saying forgive and forget sometimes it's not forgive and forget it's forgive and then let them build trust again for that thing that you're forgiving them and I think that it's an easy thing to get you know to get wrong it's always like I've always looked at it and gone oh forgive and forget that doesn't does it always work sometimes it works like sometimes you can forgive and forget completely and release that thing and that does work but it doesn't work all the time. There's not a principle that we have to stand by and forgive and forget the person that's done that thing because we need to actually be wary of what that person that could be doing. Um, so it says, this person who wrote this down really, really well, he said, forgive and forget is not a biblical quote. It is one thing to be wary and aware and another thing to hate and resent. So that's what we're trying to do is release the hate and resentment for something that's happened in your life. When we're saying 
it's okay, I forgive you for what's happened. It's not about forgiving and then by being blind to the reality that that person may not be trustworthy or that person, you know, that still happened. But you're not holding the burden of hate and resentment in your heart and you're releasing that and saying, it's all right, I forgive you and I'm letting it go. But still, I can't, you know, you're not going to have dinner at my house for a while because you might do something like, you know, steal all my cutlery, I don't know. In case you could tell, that wasn't written in my notes. That was, that was made up. And, you know, like looking at forgiveness is one of those things that, like, we don't always talk about with Christians and other people, like brothers and sisters in Christ. We right? don't always say about forgiveness. If someone's got blatant sin in their life, we're quicker to go, you shouldn't be doing that because that's not right. Well, that potentially isn't the right thing. But when someone's harboring resentment and hate and 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 pain in their life from something that someone else has done to them, and they haven't forgiven them, we never ever, well, not that I've experienced, and you might experience more than me, because possibly, well, obviously, probably people are more experienced than me here, but we rarely confront that thing and say, actually, the Bible says you need to forgive that person, not just to get right with God, but to release the, the hate and resentment that's holding you down. Sometimes it's a visible thing, isn't it? When someone's got, you know, there's a soft, there's a sore point in someone's life, and you talk about it, and you see even the subject being raised about something that's happened in their life, you can see that twinge of like, oh my goodness, I'm not, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. And there's a whole load of hurt and hate and resentment in there that we don't want to touch because it's uncomfortable, it's scary, and we're worried that person will, <laughs> will point that towards us. But actually, like, the Bible is so clear about it. Like, we need to be forgiving people. Do you know what I mean? This is not me saying this. This is what Jesus said. It's like, we need to be like, the sin's... The, the, the debt that we have had paid for us and that we receive as Christians, we need to not hold on to that and just huddle up with it. We need to release that to people who don't deserve it in our lives always. Thank you. And, you know, God says <clears throat> we're the salt and light of the earth, right? And he says we need to go out and make disciples. We need to go out and do all this stuff. We need to spread the light and spread the glory of God and, you know, and spread love rather than hate. And actually, sometimes I would say, and this is, again, this is me not talking from experience here, so, it's difficult, so don't get angry at me, but I think that sometimes an opportunity to forg- the opportunity to forgive someone is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to show God's love in a situation where God's love didn't cause that situation. Do you know what I mean? When someone's done something that's really horrible and horrendous, or something's happened to you that's not your fault, it's not fair, it's not right, that can present an opportunity for you to forgive someone and show love in a situation where love is not deserved for that person. And that can do two things. One, it can transform your life because you feel a release of the, of the, of the pain and the hurt in your life. But also that person can be transformed as they see the love of God pouring out of you like light into their life. Like, they forgave me for that or they did this to me or they're showing me love or they're treating me this way in this situation. I'm just saying, I think that's, that's something that we need to think about. And I think the, um, an important note, and I've written in my words, an important note. Um, so I know it's important, and you should all know that it's important as well. We'll say it's important. Okay. Well, do we need to stand up again? Because everyone seems pretty switched off at the moment. I'll get you all to stand up and say things nice to each other again. Um... But it's important to note that actually forgiveness so often is not an automatic thing like breathing. It's not a secondary thing. It's a choice. Like forgiveness is a choice. 
And God says, you need to forgive. It's like a verb. It's an action. It's a doing thing. It's thing you have to go out and do. You have to physically or mentally choose to forgive someone in your heart. And sometimes that means going on your knees and asking God to help you forgive someone. Yeah? Like going on your knees and saying, God, I can't, I can't get my head around this. I can't get my heart around this. This person to me has caused so much pain in my life or this thing that happened to me has caused so much pain in my life, I cannot possibly forgive them. Sometimes that kind of, that whole thing that happened in your life can become part of your identity. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm so, it's so part of my life and it's affected me so much. That actually, that's who part of who I am. And I can't even think about changing it. I can't even think about letting go of all that buildup of hate and resentment or whatever it is in your heart. It can be seem an insurmountable task. And that's when you have to do something like get on your knees before God and say, God, show me how. God, help me forgive this person. God, take the lead on this because I know I need to do it. I know I need to forgive this person, but I cannot physically do it. Lord, help me do it. So, as part of that, um, if, the, if the worship team can come up for me and play a song of your choice, and we're just going to spend, I don't know how long it takes to see what God does with it, like five, ten minutes, whatever. Let's see what happens. There's a cross in this corner over here. I'll pick it up so you can see it. This cross here, got lots of holes in it, and Dave made this. Thank you, Dave, for making this. Um, and we used it with the youth. But we've got a cross, and we've got lots of bits of paper and some pens, and there's loads of pens. And what I want you to do is, if you're feeling, like, nudged at the moment or prompted by God to do something, you feel like a little niggle that I should really do something about this, then let's take action together as a church, right? We're... We're family here, yeah? And I think now's an opportunity for you to write down that thing in your life. Like, I'm not going to read this. No one else is going to read this here. Afterwards, they're going to be destroyed in a secure way, so no one's going to read them afterwards. And you can write down something that you want to forgive. I'm not saying go up to someone in the church and go, I forgive you, because they might not know what you're talking about. But there's an opportunity here to write down something that actually is real to you, and you can be as clear as the, in the writing as you want to or not, And then I want you to stick it into this cross and nail that to the cross like Jesus nailed your debt to the cross. And it's not an act of saying, I forgive you because it makes, it's the right thing to do even. It's because you are forgiven. The fact that we're all sitting here today is the fact that we're all being forgiven by God. Our massive debt was paid for no other reason than we have faith in Christ. And he's asking us to do the same thing for his children in this room, in our families, overseas, passed away, living or dead. Whatever the situation, he's asked that we do the same thing. And he's asked that we make a room where there is hate and resentment currently for a bit of love and for a release. So let's just write down that thing. Stick it in that cross, stick it in the cross. And when you do that, think about physically letting go of that thing. And if you feel God like prompting you to talk to the person or whatever, or the situation, then by all means do so. But also do come and talk to someone if you want some wisdom in that and some grace, because sometimes things are deep. Um, So if you want to talk to that person or whatever, do come and talk to someone you trust in your family here and we'll help you and pray with you on that journey. But let's just take a moment to release the stuff that's not from God in our hearts on the, on the, in, in, in forgiveness, yeah? Is that clear? Cool. And feel free to worship while the music's playing as well. <laughs>